0: Everyone doing good? I, you were doing well, and then I just messed it up. <laughs> uh, my name is Miawa Choi. I am, as God introduced, a pastor from New Philly. If you've been coming out to Hongdae afternoon service, uh, you've seen me before probably. Uh, it's my always a joy to speak at Yonsei Ewha large group. Uh, I personally went to Ewha. I graduated from Ewha Women's University. Anybody from Ewha here? Come on, my girls. There's like three of them, four. Come on, so be proud. (laughs) Chinese folks like me. (laughs) Come on, I'm really proud graduate. So I love my school, and I love coming here uh, to preach and deliver the word of God. And today, uh, there's just so much that I want to speak that uh, my thoughts are all over the place, but I believe in the leading of the Holy Spirit and I am confident that he's going to speak no matter what. So today, I'm gonna kinda like, give you guys a preview of your upcoming retreat. So if you guys didn't sign up for your retreat that's coming up this upcoming weekend, right? Oh my goodness, it's upcoming weekend. You better sign up because you're going to miss out and you're going to cry about it. In the past, there were students, oh, I have better things to do. I have a trip to Busan. I have this and that, whatever. Busan's awesome. It's my hometown. But let me tell you, you're going to regret. Okay? There were students, like big dudes who regretted. And the entire semester, they would talk about how they missed out on the retreat. Okay? So it's going to set you up and set you forth on a really, really good journey with the Lord. I'm not saying if you're a good Christian, you should come out. If you don't come out, you're a bad I'm not saying that. However, I sincerely and genuinely, out of my love for you guys, I want to invite you guys out to sign up for that. So really, really excited, even though I'm not going to be there. And so today what I'm going to (laughs) share is kind of like a preview of what you guys could get yourself into, you know. And I think it's good to know uh, what kind of work that God's been doing through Emmaus and also through New Philly, you know, because I'm from New Philly and many of you go there. And just things that God can do when you really fully commit yourself to uh, just giving your life to him. You know, um, let me just begin with a, a portion that I kind of wrote out with passion. I was writing it and I was like about to break my laptop because I felt so much like, oh, I got to say this type of, type of you know, that, 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 that call. I felt it, right? So I'm just going to begin with that. I'm going to start with the warning about Christianity, and how believing in Jesus Christ is not a joke, and it's not a hobby, and it's not something that you do on the side along with all these other things that you'd like doing. So in other words, believing in Jesus Christ is not just choosing your religious view and saying that I think this is the most legit one out of all the other religious views. I choose to Say that I'm a Christian. It's not about that. Many people treat Jesus like a genie in a lamp, like a genie in a bottle. Whenever you need him, whenever you need an A plus on your paper, you rub it, you know, you rub it, (laughs) and then you hope that Jesus will show up and then give you ability or the grace so that you can ace your exams or you could do this well. You can get with that girl or whatever you want at that moment. But he is not your genie in a bottle. Can I say, can I get an amen? Some believe that it's always good to have someone to pray to. It's therapeutic to, some, to have somebody which you can kind of count on. You know, eh, Jesus or something else. It's always good. It's therapeutic, right? It helps you have peace in your heart. No, that's not why you will believe in Jesus Christ. This is what Christianity is about. It's not a religion that you choose out of many. Religion is when you give a small corner of your house to build a shrine to wish for blessings. That's called religion. It's a little charm that you carry around, right? Like a bujok or like a little amulet, whatever. And then you wish for the best luck. And people call that religion. That is called religion. However, Christianity will not be a corner in your house or an amulet or a charm that you carry around. It's going to actually turn you, entire you, your heart, your body, and everything into an altar, into a temple of God. That's what Christianity does to you. So I just want to warn you that it's not something nice to carry around. Oh, my little Bible, pink color. You know, I'm my, I, <laughs> I go to this church and you know, oh yeah, I have a lot of friends there. It's little, it's not a little cute thing that you do. It's going to change your life. Oh, it's gonna transform and change your life. It's about inviting this person named the Holy Spirit into your life completely. Entirely without having without having that reservation. You know, this is the part that I'm willing to show people, this is the part that I'm gonna keep it to myself forever. But you don't have a choice with God. God, when you invite Him in, He comes into you, He sees a hundred percent of you. Your private you, your public you, you yourself at home, yourself at school. All of that is no longer a secret. It's gonna be completely revealed to you, and his commitment to you is that I know it all, but I'm still gonna love you. I love I I know all of it, but I'm still going to commit myself to you for eternity. Until the end, I'm gonna love you. So this is the type of conversion that I'm talking about. Christianity isn't a joke, it's not a hobby. And if you're exploring it, I don't want to scare you away, but it's a good thing. When Christ Jesus and his Holy Spirit takes over your life, things that happen to your life, it's unimaginable. It's something that you yourself cannot measure. It's something that you cannot write, you cannot create. But when the Spirit of God starts to work in your life, oh, you will know it because it's supernatural. And I'm about to share about my life, but I just wanted to begin with that, that how he's going to become your master and how he's going to become your Lord. Jesus, even in the Bible, talked about, hey, there are so many people that call me Lord, Lord, but then there's not that many people that actually follow me. There are my fangirls all over, right? There are people that chase me around because they see miracles. They see awesome things that Jesus did, but there weren't that many that actually, who called him Lord, who are actually following him as the Lord. You know, and so, you know, my challenge is that in your youth, I can talk like this because I'm in my 30s now, you know, (laughs) I turned 30 a few months ago. I know I look like a college student. I belong right here. But uh, (laughs) I graduated a few years ago. So I was freshman 11 years ago. That's when I met the Lord. My life has never been the same. Okay, so when he truly becomes your master, your Lord, your life will never look the same. And so this is sort of like the preview Uh, which is my testimony and i believe in what the bible says it says that testimony of jesus christ is a spirit of prophecy everyone say prophecy Prophecy is foretelling of something, foretelling of something. So what this verse from Revelations is talking about is, if God did something to somebody and that became a testimony of Jesus Christ, a story that Christ has written, then God could also do the same thing as like a prophecy in your life. So if I share a story, you know, I'm just going to share all of my different aspects of testimony. I'm going to kind of just like throw it out there. And I'm just going to like throw it like frisbee and then it's gonna hit you right something will hit you okay (laughs) because i'm gonna share a lot of different things and i hope that some something hits you and if you know that that's the type of testimony i need in my life you just need to claim it by faith god did that in past me on His life then god can do it in my life as well then it becomes a prophecy for you and god's definitely gonna do it right So I grew up uh, in a non-religious household. Uh, So my parents are really, really good parents. I love my dad and my mom. I have an older brother as well. But I just grew up completely oblivious to any religious stuff. So my family was just not religious. Um, Between me and my brother, I was the better one. (laughs) Haha, <laughs> in every way. <laughs> now, actually, he's the Chakan son, meaning like he's a good one, good, good heart. I was the evil younger sister who excelled in everything else, uh, like studying and things like that. And so that was me, uh, the youngest in my family. I grew up sort of spoiled, uh, a lot better now, praise the Lord. Um, I was all about gaining people's approval. It was all about winning as many, uh, what do you call that, the, The, mm, sangjang, like the awards, you know, as many A pluses as possible, and being the best girl, being the representative of my class. It was all about the stage time. I kind of look the same right now. As I'm talking about it, but <laughs> I, was all, I don't do this for people's approval, that's the only difference. But yeah, I was all about people's approval and my parents' affirmation. And I was also, I can't forget about this part, I was a crazy fangirl. I was a celebrity chaser. Uh, I y'all, y'all don't even know. Do you guys know G.O.D.? Oh, really? How? Older kids, here. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you guys don't know, right? I'm not, I'm not G.O.D. God, but like G.O.D. Anyway, so it's like a, a, a Korean pop group that I used to follow. Do you guys know Dongbangshingi? Yeah. TVXQ? Okay, same generation. Okay, so I was crazy about Korean celebrities, and I was a crazy fangirl. So I lived a sort of like a double life. So even though it wasn't about God or the world, but I was like good girl at school, but then at home I was crazy fangirl. I just do the crazy things. Uh, long story short, I grew up. I was really, uh, really wanted to come to. So I'm from Busan. That's my hometown. I wanted to move to Seoul so badly, so that I would have better access to my celebrities, right? So I studied really hard. My one purpose was to be in Seoul. So I studied, and then I got into Ewha, and then um, I started school March of two thousand five, right? And Every single person, I teach you not, I meet on the campus, in my classroom, in my dorm, my roommate every single person says that they were Christians, right? And so I freaked out, legit freaked out, because I never met one before, and they all looked ridiculously like holy and put together and like boring, and I really didn't like them, but I really thought that it must be this Christian spell that they cast on me, or I just thought it was so strange that professors, my classmates, my roommate, and everyone around me were Christians, and many of them are my best friends right now. But at the beginning, I didn't didn't like them, right? And uh, my one of my <laughs> I thought they were losers, okay. <laughs> one of my professors, his name Joseph, uh he Was a Christian professor as well. He taught us English conversation, and he's the one that introduced a church to his entire class. So Professor Joseph was talking about, "Hey, if you guys want to improve your English, and you should go out to this church, right?" (laughs) And uh, I wasn't hooked for that, but then I was hooked for what he said after. He said, "Hey, my friend is the pastor. His younger brother is a K-pop singer, Tim." Right so you guys don't know him but there's a there's a K-pop singer named Tim right and I I really liked him okay in high school so when I heard Tim I was like what <laughs> yeah. um Who's brothers? Who? You know? And so I decided to go out just because of him. And what's kind of funny is, I'm giving you guys way too much detail, but what was funny was in high school, when I will get anxious about studying or college or future and I insomnia and all these things, I will always cut on this one song by him, by Tim. Called Morning Star, right? And so I will always listen to it. I'll fall asleep to it. I even on my SAT day, I listened to that song, that morning in between the exams, and then that will always bring me calm and peace, right? so I just thought it was a cool song, but the lyrics were in English, which I didn't understand back then. And now, uh, and, and so after I went to church and met him, I found out that there was a praise song about Jesus. It's called Morning Star. It's written by his pastor brothers and himself. So they wrote the lyrics together. It's a praise song. But I didn't know because my English sucked, right? So I (laughs) didn't praise and glory to your name. I thought that was a love song to a girl. But then he was actually singing about Jesus Christ. And so, wow. Like, God was doing something. What are the chances that you will go to a college and meet a professor who knows a pastor, and his younger brother is Tim, whose song I listen to all the time, you know, studying. And what are the chances? You know, it was so clear that it was the Lord's hand. And my roommate was like, do you have any questions about Christianity? (laughs) You know, she was also nice and smiley. So I started to open up to her, and then she's the one that led me to Christ on my 19th birthday. So that was after going to church like four times. And she actually had like a little choco pie cake on my birthday in a dorm room. And then she sang me happy birthday song. And then she sat me down and opened the four spiritual laws. If you guys know what I'm talking about, <laughs> it's the gospel track. It's the gospel track. Okay. So she sat me down and like, one, we are all simple and we're separated by God. Anyway, she ran through that and she was like, are you, are you ready and willing to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? Without knowing what that meant, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. So I prayed the prayer and, um, uh, Little detail, but I actually the following morning I woke up smiling for the first time in my life. I don't know if that's ever happened to you before, but legit, I woke up and I realized, oh, I'm smiling. I know it's weird, right? It was the first time that happened to me because I always struggle with anxiety in my life, right? And so that's how I met him. And I received forgiveness for all my sins. And I won't tell you about all my sins because it's going to be too long. But I sinned a lot. <laughs> and all those sins were forgiven. And God was really, really touching me. Uh, and one thing I want to highlight was that God is a healer. Everyone's a healer. God is the God who heals, not just physically, but he's the one that's able to restore and heal any brokenness in your heart. Trust me when I say any. From your parents, from your family background, from your broken relationship, your ex-boyfriend, whatever it may be. Oh, man, he fixes it like it never happened before. Maybe that's why he was a carpenter. Jesus was a carpenter. He fixes things really well, including our hearts. He's our healer. I received so much healing from fear of men and fear of rejection. So uh, when I was in middle school, which is junior high, for about three not three years, sorry. For well, entire year, I was bullied severely by my classmates. But it wasn't like five girls. I'm talking about 800 girls. My entire school bullied me, right? I know, your, your eyes went like... Anyway, the entire girls' middle school and it started with a group of few, right? So I, I admit, I bullied one of them first, okay? Because I was the cool one. I was the ringleader. And I was like, she's a liar. Let's just not play with her. So I did that for about a month. And then they turned their back on me one day. And then it just it got into this crazy uh a year-long bullying where they spread rumors about me my family don't talk to her when you see her you should cuss her out so entire school got like involved so they will. i would literally go to school at like five thirty in the morning because i didn't want to see anybody and i would sit at my desk i'll hold my pee all day long and then after everybody left i would get up and go home so that was my uh, daily stuff, like, and then as I'm sitting there, I'm not reading anything, but I'm pretending, right? right, I'm reading something, and, uh, these girls, like, between the classes, especially lunchtime. I hated lunchtime. Lunchtime, I'm not even eating. I'm just sitting there, and then they just come, and they start bullying me. They, like, push me around. They, like, take all my books, rip it apart, burn it, throw it into the toilet. Like, things that you saw in your Korean dramas, right? Those things actually happen. So, they were, like, tell me that, you borrowed the money from me, give it back to me. I never borrowed, okay, here you go. They took my money and all this stuff, right? So, it went on for a long time, but by god's grace i got delivered from those girls right so we we got into different classes and it died down a little bit but it was traumatic uh i was suicidal obviously and i would hear voices at night uh each night again i wasn't religious i wasn't spiritual or i thought i wasn't but then i would go home and i would literally hear voices that tell me kill yourself kill yourself It sounds so much more scarier in Korean. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like, the voice was just telling me, sh- it's better off, you, you just kill yourself. And I actually almost tried. And um, at that moment, God intervened, because I can't explain it other than it was angelic intervention, because I ran home with this one desire to just kill myself and to make them feel all guilty for a lifetime, right? So at this one agenda, I ran home. I remember opening my brother's room door, and I knew where exactly the, the box cutter was. And I took it out, and I was just ready to go, right? And then I heard, and I was screaming off the top of my lungs, like, it was crazy. I was screaming, nobody was home. <laughs> like that, I was, I wanna die, I wanna die. I was screaming and screaming, and I was about to get down, and all of a sudden, I dropped the knife, and I, my, my cry started to change into which means, I wanna live, I wanna live. I want to live and I just collapsed there and I cried for 3 hours c- crying I want to live and I want to live well I want to live and I want to live well I want to live 살고 싶어 잘 살고 싶어 and I just cried and cried. And now, see, I couldn't make sense of that moment. But now I know that that was the Lord who delivered me from that moment. The enemy, when I didn't even know Christ, was trying to take me out. Literally was trying to kill me because he knew that I was helpless. But God intervened because he knew that he had plans for my life and that he stopped me. He stopped the devil from that moment. and He made sure to deliver me from that so, no, Bible is real, guys. When it talks about he rescues you from the snares of the dead, he does. He literally does. You know, and now I read verses like John 10, 10, when it says the devil comes to, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. It's real. It's talking about your life. He wants to come and catch you. He wants to come and kill you. He wants to come and destroy your life. But then Jesus Christ, what does it say? He came to give you life to the full, an abundant life. That's the life that Jesus has in store for you. So, you know, there might be a text in your life, but do not be discouraged. God is your deliverer, and he is your helper. So I got delivered, okay? I got delivered. So I didn't kill myself. Praise God. But I grew up with intense fear of people. I hated conflict. So I became someone who has no opinions. Whatever people say, I go along with it. Because if I cause conflict, they're going to hate me. They're going to turn their back on me. They're going to bully me. I'm going to be alone again and i'm going to need to fight again you know all of that cycle was so terrifying so i became someone quote-unquote people pleaser i decided to not have any opinions i decided to let people run over me i decided to let other people's opinions share okay let's do that let's do that and i just became terrified about friends people So my family was the only people that I trusted. Everybody was my enemy. And I never opened my heart. So I entered IHWA with the mindset, I'm never going to make friends. IHWA is not going to give me a single friend. That was my mantra. No friends. No friends. Don't open your heart. Because they're going to betray you. Don't make friends. Because they're going to hurt you. And that was my mindset. However... What God did was incredible. All these Christian friends started to reach out to me when I was so mean to them. You know, one story, my best friend, her name is Chu. Okay. When, I, when she asked for my phone number, because we're in the same class, and she was like, all oh, nice, you know, and luxury. Uh, <laughs> and she <laughs> asked for my number. And immediately I said, oh, sorry, I can't actually said no. I didn't even give her my number. Who am I, a celebrity, right? <laughs> but then she kept on reaching out to me. I think she saw the brokenness in me, and then she wasn't turned off by that, but she was actually attracted to me because of that. Oh, you get this broken girl. <laughs> Let me reach out to her. All my friends are so nice to me, my roommate included, and she's the one that eventually led me to Christ, right? Community's love and acceptance was beyond what I could imagine. I acted rebelliously. I acted like, like, uh, even more unlovable than I already was, okay? <laughs> I was already pretty unlovable, selfish, you know, stuck to my own ways, and closed, and so soshime, and, like, timid, and everything you could imagine. However, these people would just not stop loving me, you know? So my church sisters, for example, like, I, I didn't want to be close to them, but then I was so lonely, I admit, so I hated going home. I hated going to the dorm, you know, whatever. So through my college days, this is after I got out of the dorm. I was living alone. I just wouldn't go home because I was so lonely, you know. But then I wouldn't open my heart to them, you know. So I'm eating their food. I'm sleeping on their bed. <laughs> but then, like, I'm not making any relationships. But then they will just selflessly give. And they would still love me no matter what. And that kind of love didn't make any sense to me. And that's what really started to turn my heart of stone into heart of flesh that 's when I say it 's love of Christ being manifested through people i don 't know if you 've ever experienced that before when Jesus Christ was a person right and it 's as if someone showed up in jesus 's like heart jesus spirit, and that person is just committed to pour out love upon you you know and that started to change everything and my fear of men, fear of rejection, from my bullied past, all of that was beginning to really heal, and for about two, three years straight, every single worship session, I would just bawl my eyes out. It was a sign that God was really healing my broken heart. God also delivered me, guys. God is not just a healer. He's a deliverer. Everyone say deliverer. Deliver. Man, I was bulimic for six and a half years, and I am not proud of this. However, uh, I <laughs> remember when I was 14, I gained about 20 pounds within three weeks. I'm not, I'm not making that up, okay? I was literally, I gained... That's about 20 pounds, right? Par kilo? 8 kilogram. So I literally gained 20 pounds within 3 weeks. No, nobody seems to be shocked. Y'all, y'all went through that. <laughs> I guess so. Well, <laughs> like, I looked ridiculous because all these fat like didn't know where to go because I gained it so quickly. So like my cheeks were different sizes. It was ridiculous. Like I gained so quickly, so much weight that I didn't fit into my school uniform. I looked ridiculous. And with with that said, I was I felt extremely ugly. Obviously. And I wanted to lose it as quickly as possible, so I just stopped eating, and then I would binge. And then I would stop eating, and I would binge. I did that for a couple years, right? It does not work. Don't try that, okay? (laughs) So it did not work, obviously, and I was just getting fatter and fatter. So I was like, I just didn't like myself. I couldn't stand looking into the mirror. I looked so ugly. I didn't want to see anybody. And I went to uh, high school. That pattern continued, by the way four years, and then in high school, my second year in high school, I was watching a documentary about people that are bulimic, and I got an idea from it. Like, oh, those people are smart. Now that was about like a camp for bulimic people to be free from it, but then I got an idea, so I became bulimic myself. So what I did was I would eat binge like crazy, like unimaginable amount of food, okay? I'm talking about like a lot of food, okay? And I would eat and eat and eat and eat. And then up to here, and I would just go into the bathroom and I would just throw up, right? I would just poke my hand in, whatever. It takes, punch my stomach. And I would just throw up and throw up. So I did that every single day, if not a few times a day. When it was a lot, 15, 20 times a day for about six years. That's miserable. Uh, like, you know, I thought I was controlling my weight by throwing up. I thought I had control, okay? But over the years, I realized it started to have control over me. All addictions begin that way. You think that you're managing your stress with drugs or with donuts. Same thing, okay? Uh, (laughs) To some, same thing, (laughs) okay? Sugar. uh, Or you think that you're managing something with masturbation. You know, I'm managing totally in control. Every addiction starts that way. You know, stressed out. I'm just going to watch a little porn, relieve my stress. But hear me, it's going to start to control your life. You're no longer in control anymore over the time because you open that door for that to come in and have a grip on you, right? And they start, the grip gets stronger and stronger. And that's what you call a bondage. So, literally, you are bound by something. But at the beginning, you chose to do it by choice. And you thought you had control. But then it starts to control you. How do I know? Because I didn't want to throw up anymore. Because my hand was bloody. Like, literally, it was cut open right here. I still have a scar. Because my teeth will hurt my hand so much. And so, I tried, like... Heading it up, and nothing worked, right? So bloody hand, and uh, my, my parents thought I was boxing, okay? Uh, <laughs> which is a poor lie that I made up. Anyways, but I was wanting to quit so bad, I did not want to throw up anymore. However, I couldn't quit, and it would literally draw me into the bathroom. Every single time I would eat a piece of cracker, okay? That thing doesn't come out it's just all in between your teeth <laughs> there's nothing to throw up but then it's, just, it's mental it's like spiritual bondage and it would tell me you're gonna get fat. you're gonna get more ugly you need to go throw up right now and it would like force me out of like i'm meeting up with my friends we're like catching up and i would literally sneak out and go into the bathroom and throw up like it wouldn't even matter where i was you know it was so bad it was up and down up and down it went on for six and a half years three and a half of those times i was christian okay believing in Christ doesn't set you free automatically. Can I just say that? It's a journey, guys. The moment you believe in Christ, all your issues leave you? That is not true at all. It's a journey, and it's a it's a decision and it's his intervention. It's a story that he's going to write. It's not solve all. You put your li- life you give your life to Christ Jesus and then you are, "Oh, I's that free forever." Of course, Your destination is there, and God's going to be faithful to take you there. But the journey, there is your part to play in as well. It requires your faith. It requires your obedience. It requires you hearing his voice. It requires you knowing his heart. Oh, it's a journey. So don't give up. You know, if you are wondering, I'm a Christian, but why am I struggling with addictions? It requires a step of faith to confess it to somebody. I had to tell my roommate. Cause my roommate was wondering, (laughs) what are you doing in bathroom for like two hours sometimes? You know, I had to tell her, hey, look, help me. And I told her, hey, from now on, I'm not gonna ever close the bathroom door. Like, no matter what I'm doing. So we literally have to make like a deal so that she could help me and she could keep me accountable. And whenever I was tempted, I would just go to her and say, I really want to throw up right now. Can you pray for me? You know, so things like that. You need to open your heart, be vulnerable, get help and counseling, get prayers from people. You need to be humble. It's all part of the journey. And so that happened. But my deliverance was actually quite supernatural because it happened overnight. It wasn't by willpower. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is my testimony. It was one day I was church cleaning at, you know, and one of the sisters there, I had told her about my bulimic patterns, and she was asking how I was doing. So I told her honestly, hey, I'm struggling. I've been throwing up a lot. And I showed her my hand and I started crying. And then she literally just hugged me and she put her hand on my back and then she just started praying for me. Or what she was just a sister, not a pastor. You know not not anybody special, but that sister just prayed a sincere prayer of god 's heart over me. It was a revelation to me that what she was saying over me was rocking my world and definition of beauty. I thought be- being beautiful was having a extra small body figure. You know I thought being beautiful was being a certain way, meeting the social standards or hearing oh you 're so pretty you know a few times a day, or whatever I thought beauty was. Those words were just breaking it up, you know, those words. And brothers, you you need to hear this as well, because you guys are beautiful, too. <laughs> I know, I know. You, you guys are beautiful, too, okay? <laughs> he just winked at me, like, <laughs> <laughs> creepy. Kayla, <Caleb, laughs> you guys are beautiful as well. God's beautiful creation. God made you as masterpieces. There's nobody that looks like you. There is nobody that has... Just <laughs> calm down, bro. Uh, there's there's no one like you. God made you the way you are, and you got to believe it. If you don't even believe the design God put you in, how are you going to believe him for your future? If you if you are already doubting about your original design, how are you going to trust him for the future designs and what, what he has for you in the future? you got to get the first button right, you know? If you don't even know the first button, if it's wrong, then you're going to go down, it's all going to be messed up. You know what I'm saying? you are got to believe in God's... Creative way, he got real creative on you. <laughs> it is God has creative ways in creating all of us, and that's why we look different. That's why we laugh different. That's why we are perfect in our own ways. And so, I'm not saying I'm the cutest girl, prettiest girl, but I believe that I am genuinely, authentically, originally beautiful. That's just the truth. And I hope that you guys believe that about yourself. You don't have to fit into a certain mold. Like, you don't have to fit into a certain social standard to be beautiful. You just need to know that this is the beauty that God put inside of me. And I carry a very unique beauty of him. So I am original beauty, right? Come on. Come on. Come on. You, Not, not, not me. Not me. Not me. Say that about yourself. I'm the original. And I'm pretty beautiful. Come on. Come on. Say that to yourself. To yourself. I'm so beautiful. (laughs) So I I always do this and make people uncomfortable. But yeah, I really believe this. I really, truly believe this. And so through the prayer, the simple three-minute long prayer, and that night was it. That was the last time I, that, that day was the last day I threw up, okay? And my... I've been living in it, you know. Oh, there were temptations. Okay, don't get me wrong. There were temptations, you know. But then through accountability, through my friends, through brothers and sisters that walked with me, oh, I haven't been shaken. And that happened six and a half years of bondage, right? The bondage was broken through love but through the power of the Holy Spirit. If this is not the testimony of Jesus, I don't know what is, right? And so whatever struggle you have, let me just say, put it out there. You're not the only one. There's nothing new under the sun. Okay? There's nothing new. I'm the only person that struggles with this issue in this entire room. That's a lie. Okay, let me just say that. Right, the moment you confess it, all of your girlfriends, all your guy friends, oh, me too. <laughs> I have the same thing, you know. Oh, it's all going to be, there's nothing new under the sun. The lie of the enemy is that you're the only one. The moment you say it, they're all gonna judge you. Oh, they're gonna talk about you behind your back. The moment you say it, they're gonna label you a certain way. That is a lie of the enemy, and there will be opportunities in your familia's. Come on, in your uh, retreat, small groups. Oh, come on, there's gonna be opportunities. And when God talks on your heart, be bold, be courageous. And open that floodgate, okay? And you will realize, oh my goodness, everybody's with me, <laughs> you know? Not to say that it's okay because everybody struggles with it, but some finally, finally you bring it to the light. When it's kept in the darkness, or oh, you cannot be delivered from it. But when you bring it to the light, or oh, the light will touch it, right? So if you're struggling with any type of addictions or secret sins, my... Prophecy, my testimony over you is that you're not the only one and Jesus is faithful and powerful enough to deliver you. All right. Um, There's just too much to say. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll go into a good part of my testimony. So that was my college years. I was being healed. I was being delivered. I was getting plugged into the church for the first time. And then I received uh, Heart for Nations. I know it's really generic to hear, but I had Heart for Missions to reach out to people for, for nations and missions and all that. And I knew that uh, I studied English education, so I was on a path to become an English teacher, which was my parents' greatest wish for me. And I thought I was going to become one. And I love teaching as well. However, God like totally intervened, and he dropped that calling on me. And I gladly took it, because I knew there wouldn't be any better way to spend my life than what he called me to do. So I decided to say yes. Uh, it was tough, because um, my English was poor, okay? I know you don't believe me right now. <laughs> I sound pretty, okay? But my English was bad, like bad accent, my vocabulary. Everything was really slow at that time. So I was very insecure about it. So saying yes to a public full-time ministry was tough, but I said yes. But then how was my question? A lot of times God gives you a vision, calling, whatever. But then that's like 20 years down the road, right? Or 10 years down the road. And you're wondering, uh, how do I get there though, by the way? You should give me like A to Z, you know. You're going to kind of like tell me how to get there, directions. But then there wasn't actually too much directions. All I knew was if I'm going to do full-time ministry, I need to go to seminary. Uh, that's going to cost money. That's all I knew. <laughs> and then uh, I knew that, okay, after college, I'm going to need a place to live because I'm from Busan. I'm not living with my family. And then third thing I knew was that I didn't want to leave my church, was what I knew. Like, I was getting so plugged in. I loved my church. But then as a Korean native that attends English-speaking international church, why would they hire a girl with a broken accent and, um, you know, cultural... You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, there's no chance, so what am I going to do? So I started praying. I started praying. And uh, every single day after classes, I would go to IHWA's prayer room on campus, and I would just bring my concerns to the Lord, and I would just pray. And uh, the, I was in my last year. Who's in your senior year? Seniors? Seniors, yeah. I know. I feel you guys. Seniors, I know exactly what you're thinking. Where's my life going, <laughs> you know? I really felt that, and I felt like I was the only one who didn't know what I was going to do right after graduation, because all my friends are smart, you know, you are girls, so they were all getting already, you know, getting secure jobs, becoming teachers, preparing for the national exam, I was the only one that kind of didn't know what to do, kind of like, I don't know yet type of person, I had to lie to my parents about it, obviously, so I was just waiting, so the waiting period, one semester passed, summer break, I decided to just seek God's kingdom. So I did a lot of like missions work and all these things. And then last semester, I was like desperate. God, come on. This is my last semester. So I started praying harder and like, come on, God. Like I was praying, praying. And those three things specifically, I always asked like, God, how am I supposed to do go about this? And then no answer whatsoever, right? And so semester ended. My final, final exam ended. And then I was so relieved at the same time. I was so ashamed. Because I trusted in the Lord, and there's nothing on my hand, right? So that Sunday, I remember, I went to church. And then uh, from the first song all the way to the end, I just was bawling. I was so, oh, God, how could you do this to me? I trusted you wow (laughs) i was louder than the band i guarantee i was like so miserable i was crying out and then throughout the sermon i was crying you know be just a god like i was like just like i was like you know god come on how could you do this and then during the announcement pastor christian lee who was a new pastor at new philly it wasn't even new philly by the way it was before new philly he went up and then he goes i have an announcement today uh we're going to do something new and he goes it's called intern pastor program right and he goes um he goes uh we're going to choose intern pastors and these are the benefits one we're going to uh, send you to tr- seminary with full scholarship we're going to cover your books and everything two we're going to provide housing for you come on come on housing for you right and uh, okay okay and then third uh, you're going to be serving as an intern pastor at this church Remember my three concerns, exactly those three, and I heard it, and my jaw dropped, (laughs) right, with all my snots, right, Uh, and I just couldn't believe what was happening in front of my eyes, and then this is what he said at the end. If you need to pray about this for like three weeks, this is not for you. Uh, Application opens today, and it closes today. And this is three year commitment, okay? <laughs> so if you are, if you know that this is for you, apply. If not, it's not for you. And that's how he ended the announcement. And I was like, that's so freaking created for me, you know? <laughs> I, I literally felt that as I was praying and when I thought God was not even listening or he was totally not responding, he was shaping this position according to my prayers in Christian's brain. <laughs> you guys get it? God is a creator, I and mean, he's not done with creation, okay, he's still creating things, and he created that idea in Christian's brain, and then he announced it at the end, oh, so, so, like, climax, you know what I'm saying, now, God had to bring me down to the, like, pit, and then he's like, there you go, that's for you, you know, and so, by faith, I applied without any guarantee that I would get in. But I knew that, oh, this is made for me. I knew that, right? So I applied. And this is a backstory of it, but past Christian got my application, right? So I, it was me, black guy, and white girl, three, <laughs> three people applied. <laughs> and then uh, obviously Christian was going to choose the white girl and the black guy, okay? So white girl, she's like really resourceful, experienced leader at a church, older than me, you know, obviously speaks perfect English and all of that. So he, Christian, PC was like, we call him PC. Oh, yeah, it's definitely white girl. Sorry, I can't reveal their name. So it's, oh, it's a white girl and Marcus, is a black guy, right? Oh, myung what the? My applied. He threw it, right? <laughs> he kind of like totally disregarded it. And um, next morning, he was having a quiet time. And then God speaks to him. Holy Spirit speaks to him. Give myung a chance, literally. Okay, This is what Christian th- PC told me. Give myung a chance. Give her an interview. Is what he heard. So, okay. What? God? Her English is broken. She's from Busan, you know? But then PC, being an obedient man of God, decided to give me an interview. Okay? So I got called into an interview. And I dressed up. Because that's what Koreans do. <laughs> I wore my black suits. I looked like going to a funeral. Um, I sat down. <laughs> <laughs> and it was asking all these questions, and then I could see, like, I don't know what the heck I said, but then Christian PC said that it was clear that God was marking me for the position. Over the white girl. Come on, right? (laughs) Sorry, all the white girls. (laughs) So I ended up getting the position. And it was a step of faith for PC, but also for me. But I ended up getting it with Pastor Marcus Corpening. So we were the first generation that received the scholarship, the housing, and everything. So when I didn't even know, God was preparing and marking me. When you trust the Lord, he's not going to put you to shame. That's a promise that's repeated over and over in psalms that's his promise if you trust in me i'm not gonna put you to shame so you need to believe that seniors do you believe that oh come on please (laughs) seniors do you believe it (laughs) amen (laughs) amen amen okay practice okay do you believe that yeah oh my gosh okay (laughs) you need to believe that if you trust in the lord if you put your trust in him He's not going to put you to shame. He's going to make sure he fulfills everything that he promised and puts in your heart. So trust in him. There's no better option, right? That's how I got called into ministry. Uh, long story short. Uh, so I've been pastor ever since, okay? Uh, and, you know, the process and all that. The history. There's a lot more good stories, but I'm running out of time. Uh, by the way, my parents opposed, my parents are non-believers right i know some of you are like first christians from your homes and you don't have family support for being christians but trust me god is able to bend king's hearts then he is able to bend your parents' hearts, And that's what I'm still believing. My parents are not saved yet, but I know that they're on the trajectory, and God is leading them, and God, see, he, they see the testimony in me, and they, they admit it. And my mom came so close to salvation. This is the closest thing this she said is, I know God is calling me. Yeah, she said that uh, like two years ago, and then there, she's been stuck there. But... Uh, <laughs> but yeah i'm like constantly gonna push her and love on her and i know that there is more but you know so them blessing what i'm doing and all that uh it's another story but it took a miracle of god i really want to share that gosh should i can i you want to hear it really want to hear it (laughs) (laughs) i'll try to summarize it really quick okay so i got into the program and then um my grandpa very unti- very bad timing. My grandpa passed away, so I had to go to Busan. So after the funeral, my last day I had to tell my parents about my decision to become a pastor. And then I had to tell them that I'm gonna be going to seminary and not becoming an English teacher. That they totally believed that I was gonna become in a few months, right? And so after the funeral, my dad and my mom they're all exhausted and I had to bring it up because I was about to enter the school, right? So I told them mom and dad, I have something to tell you, so I'm going to go to seminary, I'm going to become a pastor, and so they have no grit of what religious vocations look like, so they thought I was becoming a nun, right, so they were like freaking out, oh my god, (laughs) like, they were like, they actually are not like the type to manipulate or like, like yell at you, they're actually the type, they're like really uh, soft in heart, so these are crying in front of me, which is worse, right, so, Like they were both weeping in front of me and saying, For our sake, please do not choose that path. Can you just live a normal life? Like they were begging me not to go into seminary. I'm saying this with you know with a smile on my face, because it's a past now, but like back then my heart was shattering into pieces, you know? And I knew that. Like, I was breaking their heart. Oh, I don't want to cry. And um, my dad actually got on his knees in front of me. He got on his knee- knees and he started begging me. Please, please, please do not. And the following morning, I had to make a decision. So I decided to just pack up and leave. So I left. And my mom was holding onto my wrist. And she was like, just tell me that you're not going to do it. Just tell me you're not going to do it to my face. And she was like crying. And I had to say, i I'm so sorry. Omma, 미안. Mommy on and then I let her go, and then I had to close the door and I had to leave. So I thought that day was the last day I would see my family, like a happy family. I thought I ruined my family because of my faith. I thought, "Oh, this calling is great, but what am I going to do with my family now? You know A um, couple of days passed, no contact, and I thought, okay, my family is really falling apart. <laughs> And, uh, I was tutoring somebody, right? I was making money, cause I have to make my own living, you <laughs> know? And, uh, I got a call from my, my dad, which I missed, right? And I was like, oh no, my dad called me. So after tutoring, I called him. And then, um, my dad sounded so joyful, right? And he was like, Miao-ya! <laughs> like, how are you doing? Like, how was school? And he sounded so jolly, and I was like, what the? heck happened to him right so the backstory that my brother told me was that this after i left it was a like funeral continuing funeral right that's of you know grandpa and death of the daughter right so they were literally weeping and crying for like you know, twenty-four hours, and they wouldn't just go to bed. They were just weeping, crying, smoking, weeping, crying. And then my mom got on the phone with my aunt, right? My my aunt, her, her sister, and my aunt started weeping too. So they were like bawling on the phone, oh, <laughs> like what's gonna happen to her? <laughs> she she's got gonna make him married and none, right? So <laughs> they're like crazy, creating this drama in their heads. And then my my uh, my um. So my aunt's husband, successful, rich businessman, a smart, well-educated person, takes the phone from my aunt and starts yelling at my mom, right? You stupid women, you need to stop crying. Literally, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, literally. And then, so what he was saying is, don't you know the president of South Korea is a Christian man? He was, by the way. President myungbak Lee was elder at a church. He was like, do you know how many much money church has? You know, if she ever marries a mega church pastor, you guys are for life, you know? <laughs> <Or> <laughs> if she's gonna become a professor at some university, oh my goodness. So he was pretty much like trash talking about the church, but somehow God used that trash talk to turn my parents' heart around, right? All of a sudden they they saw the the, the hope, right? All of a sudden they were like, oh, It's a good thing, right? So my dad decided to check out the website of the school that I sent him, right? So he opened the link, and guess what? The homepage, the website opened, and there's my face. Yeah, so I went to their open house, which is like an introduction, whatever, and then the photographer, he recognized me, right? So he took a picture. <laughs> he took a picture of me and then he posted it as like a like a new semester welcome to new semester panel thing, right? So when he opened it he was like, Whoa, that's my daughter, right? She's already the face of the school. So he was like all excited about it, you know what I'm saying? So it was like confirmation. So they started drinking like it was funeral to festival. Like come on, cheers, come back. Like my family all of a sudden started rejoicing. And that's when he called me to congratulate me and say that do what you gotta do, girl. You know, daughter, do what you gotta do, we bless you, you know. I'm not married to a megachurch pastor yet, but (laughs) who knows, right? Uh, But, yeah, that's how their hearts turn. And now they see the fruit of what I'm doing. So I send them, you know, if, if you preach in New Philly, there's videos they do video broadcasts, right? So they, they archive those videos and upload it on YouTube, right? So I, you know, here and there, I send them, like, a YouTube link. But my parents, old school, they don't know what the YouTube is, right? So when they see it, they think it's a TV. So they're like, oh, my daughter's on TV! <laughs> and so they send it to all their friends. And my daughter's on TV. She's a speaker. She speaks to all these foreigners. Whenever the camera, like, catches, like, a foreign crowd, right, my parents, like, clap out of surprise. Woo! Oh, wait, win! <laughs> like. You know, my daughter is so awesome that she's speaking to all these like foreigners and so my parents think that I'm like the greatest person ever, right? And so, a little bit of deception, but God still, God still used it, all the circumstances to really open their heart and now really they really bless me and support me now, you know? And so I know it's a silly story, but to me, it's a miracle of God. And I know that God's really working in their heart. And I know that my testimony is not over. Okay. So, you know, tonight my plan wasn't actually to share my testimony for 40 minutes. And there's actually a sermon to preach, but I'm just gonna, you know, end with my story. And I think that all of you, you know, as I shared, hopefully God portions of it somehow. And I just want to really challenge you guys, whether that's healing or whether that is deliverance, whether that is need for community or your future, you know, what God has for you in the future, whatever you are craving and whatever your heart is yearning for, take it as a testimony, take it as a prophecy for yourself. Because if Jesus did that to me, he's for sure, He is certainly able to do that for you. Amen. I'm going to teach you guys how to say amen. Come on, guys. Say amen. amen. Oh, yeah, that's good. Korean way? Amen. <laughs> you want to try? Everyone say amen. amen. Okay. Very, very good. Very good. Let me pray for us. Let me pray for you. <laughs> Father, you love each and every... I can't even talk. God, you love every single person in this room so much. God, you called each person into this room with a purpose tonight. That purpose is to release my humble testimony as a prophecy over their lives, God. Lord, I am a firm believer that you are able to finish what you have begun. Lord, I know that they are their walk with you, it's all at different places. Some of them are still baby believers some of them are making progress and some of them feel stuck some of them are burnt out from serving so much and they are all at different stages and their needs are different but lord you know them thoroughly you know their thoughts you know their desires and god i just pray father that you will give them the faith to receive and claim what they heard tonight as their own testimonies god and Lord, I pray, O oh Father, that each person in this room will not leave this room without releasing their faith into what they just heard. God, we thank you that you are the healer. God, we thank you that you are the deliverer. We thank you that you are the family and the father to the lonely. And God, I thank you that you are the writer of their futures, God. So, Lord, I just release your grace upon each student, that they will know that they are loved by you, God, that they will know that the sure assurance comes from the cross of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I just thank you that you use the Father tonight to seal your promises in their hearts. So, Lord, I just pray that each student will walk as a son and as a daughter knowing their value, knowing their worth, knowing the call you have upon their lives. And I pray for strength, and I pray for peace and your grace upon them, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill their hearts. And I pray, Father, that you will lead them, Father, on a journey, God, to greater freedom. And even this upcoming retreat, God, use it mightily. And I know that this is only the preview. And so, Lord, I thank you that there's so much more that you want to do in their lives, God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.